Oh, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. Now, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. What a privilege it is to be able to touch base with you on this absolutely magnificent Adelaide Autumn Day. It is really something out there. Uh, look, folks, I'd love to actually have you join us. Now, look, if you'd like to share a, a positive thought, if you'd like to share a comment on one of the issues uh, that we're talking about, and today we're dealing with a really big and important topic, if you'd simply like to say hello to us, uh, you can do this simply by texting us on our studio text number, and our studio text number is 04 uh, Triple eight eight oh eight eleven. Now this uh, uh, that number also is our number to receive our our free gift later in the program. So why not program it into your program into your phone? Oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven is uh, that number. You can send a comment, a thought uh, through to us right here in the studio. It'll come directly to my desk, and uh, I'll simply be able to acknowledge you and say, "Hey, it's great to have uh, somebody." from the Pilbara in Western Australia chatting chatting to us and we do have a lot of people uh, sharing with us uh, through the uh, great Australian uh, outback. Now folks, this week we're following the theme, the Bible, the church and creation in a post-biblical era. Uh, and today the question we're asking is could God have created the world by using evolution? Now, folks, this is a, this is an issue that is just so important. More and more, uh, uh, churches have actually formally adopted uh, this particular position, uh, that yes, uh, God had a hand in uh, creation, but he did it through the process of evolution. What does that actually do, uh, to the biblical teaching of creation? We're going to dig into that today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to struggle with the implications, uh, because I believe this is absolutely Absolutely key that we have an understanding uh, of what is actually going on. Uh, now, uh, 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 folks, uh, today our co-host is uh, Ricardo Schaefer. Now, Ricardo is uh, a pastor. He pastors the Prospect and the Elizabeth Churches right here, uh, Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. Now, welcome to you, Ricardo. Great to be here, Gary, to discuss this important topic. It is so fantastic to have you in the studio. Ricardo is a little bit of one of our our specialists. Whenever there's a subject that's a little bit (laughs) heavy, whenever there's a subject that's just a a little bit uh, uh, more challenging, I love to be able to welcome uh, Ricardo into the studio because he has studied through so many of these issues and he's had some incredibly good uh, answers. Uh, um, Tell Ricardo, how are you enjoying autumn in Adelaide today. I can't believe it's autumn already. 
Yeah. And it's beautiful. I love to see the colors of, of the leaves yeah. of the trees. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. I love to go up mm. uh, on, on Sunday. I went up to the lower hills with, uh, with my wife just for a, a Sunday lunch. There's an organic cafe up there that we really, really love. And, uh, the, uh, the leaves in that, uh, part of the world are actually deciduous. They do actually fall. And it's a, it's a glorious picture. They're not quite there just yet. We haven't had a cold enough day to really snap it yet. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, look at autumn in Adelaide is something incredibly special. You know, spring certainly is. It's probably, uh, to me, I've lived in many parts of Australia, uh, but the, the, the dry uh, warmth, uh, of this, uh, of this city, uh, is something that, uh, that really, uh, I believe is one of God's it blessings is. to, uh, uh, to us. Now look, let's come to our World Watch segment before we go to the subject that we're going to be dealing with, uh, today. Uh, now this is a, an article that I pulled out of the Christian Headlines uh, site and uh, what I'm conscious of is that you're a pastor with a, a great deal of experience behind you uh, and I'd really like to get you, your feedback on this. This article's entitled, More Than Half of Christians Say They Sometimes Doubt Their Own religious beliefs. Now, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, now this is something that we really need to pick up on. And, and this is this is what the article uh, certainly said. And I'm just picking out uh, various excerpts out of it. Uh, a new study has found that uh, uh, more than half of Christians say sometimes they sometimes have doubts about their own religious beliefs. The Christian Post, uh, published in the Christian Post, the study, Doubt and Faith, Top Reasons People People Question Christianity comes from the Barna Group. Over half of teens and adults uh, report that they've experienced doubts about their religious beliefs, at least sometimes in the past couple of years. Similarly, exactly half of those who are Christian or those who have a Christian background or experience say they've gone through prolonged period of doubt at some point in their life. Respondents said that doubt came from past experience with religious institutions, uh, while in comparisons, those who said they were not practicing Christians said hypocrisy of religious pe- people uh, was a significant reason they had doubts about religion. Amongst mm-hmm. practicing Christians, just 8% said they frequently experienced doubts about Christian beliefs. 12% acknowledged that they did have it occasionally. 20% said it did happen sometimes. And uh, only 37% said it was rarely. And 23% said never. So about Mm. 50% of people are saying they at least sometimes do have doubts about their own uh, religious uh, religious belief. The study also found that 19% of practicing Christians said human suffering was a top reason for their doubting. 15% pointed to hypocrisy and another 15% cited, cited woke Christianity. Now, this, this to me is really significant, both the fact that they are, uh, that they're feeling, you know, these issues of mm-hmm. doubt and also the issues that are raising, that are coming, that are bringing those doubts, uh, to, to a surface. Now, look, mm-hmm. I suppose my question to you, look, how would you firstly in general respond to the article? I mean, mm-hmm. do good Christians ever doubt? 
Mm. And I, th- I think it's okay to doubt if it's genuinely what you feel. And as you mentioned, there's lots of reasons for doubting, suffering, um, past experience. Um, I think that, um, like someone said, if someone walks out of church because of people, they never came into church because of Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's another uh, excuse that people come up with for doubting. But I'm talking about those genuine uh doubts that we we can have yeah uh, in my own personal experience i grew up in south america and back then it was a custom a tradition to tell your kids about santa claus and um and also about the not the not the um not the the tooth fairy but our own version of that in south america would be the little mouse yes who would yes. come to collect your teeth okay uh, yep. and give you money in exchange when i was a kid I thought for some time mm. when I realized that Santa Claus was not real and that mm. the, 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 the mouse was not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, could it be that what my parents have been teaching me about Jesus is is also not real? Yeah. And I thought that for a while until at church we started studying prophecy. Mm-hmm. Then I came to the conclusion it, it cannot be fake. Uh, to see how God knows the future from the beginning, mm, mm. 2,500 years in advance, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's not possible. So, yeah. to me, prophecy was something that grounded me in the faith. Yeah, It yeah. could be something different for others. I, I think you make an excellent point there because, you know, uh, to me, particularly as uh, young people are growing up, uh, to me one of the most natural things is to come to that phase in their life mm-hmm. where they're actually going to question True. those things that they've – it's a sign of coming to maturity. And, of course, Correct. questioning does mean that, I, you know, there may be doubts that actually come uh, into an individual's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, as I, as I look into – in my own in my own religious experience, are there times when I have doubted? Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. There are, and, and particularly, I'm interested here that uh, uh, you know one of the major reasons that brings doubts into the the minds of the ind- of individuals is when you see uh, bad things happening to good people. The problem of suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you know, a God couldn't have you overruled this. You know, I, I can remember at one or two funerals that I've done. Particularly, I've done for few. Uh, for friends I've been able to if you like hold it together right through to the very end but at the very end I can well remember you know on one of them in particular uh, just going aside and literally I sobbed because I was I was grieving for that family and grieving for a lost mate Mm-hmm. At the at at the same time, and certainly that question certainly rose in my own in my own mind. God, mm. why, you know? And and the doubts were certainly there, and yet I really mm. appreciate the fact that what you've actually said there is that ultimately you had some evidence that you came back, and and you know, to me. I look in my own life and I look not just at the prophecies and I agree with you, that is powerful, Mm. powerful evidence. But, you know, to me, I also look at the way God has actually led in my own past history. And I turn around and I say, hey, you know, God has led me here and here and here and here. And repetitiously through my life, I've seen God actually move. And that tends Mm. 
begins to certainly lift uh, lift me up to uh, to a different plane. You know, uh, to me, I, I suppose even uh, in the scriptures, you know, we've got the the, the uh, disciple Thomas. Uh, you know, I mean, how's what's his what's his name? Doubting Thomas. Doubting to everyone, you know, virtually every yeah. nationality. Thomas is actually his surname. Thomas, yeah, that's very true. That's Doubting what, is his name. Doubting is his, you know, isn't it interesting that we've got one of the disciples, mm. and okay, I mean, it's probably only one occasion that he really, mm. uh, and he doubted a core issue of the Christian faith, mm-hmm. and he established his reputation on that. Uh, and yet, to me, the beautiful thing is that he was never rejected uh, by nice. Christ as a yes. result. Yes, yes, he understood he understood. He yes. understood. You know, he said, hey, blessed are those. Mm. But he also understood that uh, this man who did express doubts mm. is almost... In, in ex- a journey. He's on a journey. He's on, on a journey. And, you know, to me, I think this is a very, uh, you know, is it, a, is it a lack of faith? To me, I think we have to be very careful in saying that because mm. I'm so conscious that sometimes even the uh, the human uh, the human emotions. I mean, mm. can human emotions um, impact how I'm feeling? For sure. And it's easy to say that God is not there for us or that he, he doesn't exist because bad things happen to good people. Yeah. But what do we do with the fact that good things happen to bad people as well? Yeah. So yeah. God is there. God is there. God is there. Yeah. Look, guys, uh, uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, that's, uh, uh, I think this, uh, this issue is so, so absolutely cool. But look, let's come to, uh, to some music. This is, uh, Wendell Kimborough, uh, and the song is I'm Making, uh, All Things New. Uh, please enjoy. Thing. 
like a torch will light our way And the gates of that great city Never close to those who come Every nation brings its glory To our new creation That is Wendell Kimborough, and the song is I'm Making All Things New. What a beautiful thought that really is. We're serving a God. You know, as I go to the Scriptures, as I go to the Word of God, uh, the last couple of chapters speak powerfully of the God who's going to make all things new. A recreated, a new heaven and a new earth uh, is the promise in those chapters. So what a what a song that, uh, that really is. Folks, look, we do have a giveaway uh, for you today, and uh, this one is a real ripper this is a a small book and uh, you will really appreciate it this is genesis and science where is the evidence going now we are talking today about that subject the bible the church and creation in a post-biblical era and uh, this book genesis and science where is the evidence going in genesis and science where is the evidence going leonard brand challenges the reader to approach these polarizing subjects with an open mind uh, to thoughtfully consider what the options are. Scientists who are willing to research the challenging questions are testing some of the bedrock assumptions undergirding the long-held naturalistic theories of the evolutionary community. Accumulating research, even in geology, is providing more evidence in favour of the biblical uh, worldview and the theory of bio Biological macroevolution is facing deadly and new challenges. Our faith is in the God of the Bible and is not dependent on scientific verification, but science has been bringing to light so much new evidence that's encouraging to the Bible believer. And now that's the thesis of this entire book. You'll stand amazed at what is actually being presented. This is the sort of book that you may like to request and maybe just leave it lying around so maybe your teenager can actually have a have a look see at it it does provide answers uh, it raises questions that respond to some of the big issues uh, that uh, are certainly being taught uh, in the uh, in the secular uh, educational environment and it does it by referring to science the book's entitled science genesis and science where is the evidence going now look if you'd like this particular book our, our text number is 04 888 80811 and the code just text us the code nothing else just the code and the code is SA108 no gap between the SA and the 108 just SA108 
eight, and uh, that'll go directly through to our robot, uh, and we call him Pilgrim. He's a he's a nice robot. We like him, but he's a little bit of a dumb robot too. Because if you put anything other than that little code in there, he doesn't know what you're talking about. So uh, you know, we need to invest in a brand new robot. I think, but Pilgrim, uh, he'll he'll faithfully uh, ask you uh, just a, a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. Now uh, that uh, drive time text number again is four triple eight eight zero eight eleven, and our code for today is SA one zero eight. You will love this uh, this particular book. Now, grab your phone and uh, hop online now uh, to uh, to receive that uh, uh, receive that book. Uh, now, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today my co-host is Pastor Ricardo Schaefer. And Ricardo pastors the Prospect and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist churches right here uh, in, in Adelaide. They are two ripper uh, churches. If ever you're in Adelaide, uh, they're, worth, uh, they're worth looking up. Uh, now, this week uh, we're following the theme, the Bible, the church, and creation in a post Biblical era. Uh, the, this really raises some significant questions. And today we're asking the question, could God have created the world by using evolution? Now, folks, uh, this issue is just so important. Many, um, many those who sit in the pews actually don't realize the number of churches who have formally adopted this particular, uh, this particular, um, position. Uh, and yet many of the, uh, people who are moving, going faithfully week by week to church have actually not adopted this position. There's actually a significant disconnect between the formal position and the position held by many uh, believers that attend attend churches. And now uh, this this is such a big que- a big question. Could God have created the world by using evolution? Now it's called a theistic evolution. But just uh, Ricardo, help us out on this one. Could God have done that? And if He has, what are the implications? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I suppose, firstly, uh, theistic evolution. Just mm. what is that? What an important topic, uh, Gary, to share with our listeners, especially for those who are young ones who are about to commence university studies. Uh, theistic evolution sounds to me almost like an oxymoron, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, evolution has very little to do with God. Theistic so, is means God, doesn't it? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theistic involves God in evolution. Okay. So they're trying to combine the two ideas of okay. creation and evolution at the same time. Theistic evolution, therefore, teaches that God created matter at one point, and after that he did not directly intervene, but rather evolution took place over millions of years, and that's how we came into existence. So pretty much God has not much to do with uh, us in, in, in the fact uh, of that he created us. Uh, but that this is totally opposite to what the Bible claims. Yeah. I'll share, you, uh, share with you um, just a few examples. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm. I formed you. That sounds to me like God is pretty much involved in the creation of human beings. Mm. Same with David in Psalm 139, verse 13. Says, he says to God, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Yeah. It's yeah. not just a God who created matter and then he left. 
Yeah. This sounds to me like someone who was interested in the process of creation. This really challenges the deistic form of God because there are certainly some out there that would see God as being the absentee landlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, we get a, a God who uh, you know did something to start everything off, mm-hmm. but then he moved away. You know, deism simply yes. says he's the absentee landlord. Yes. And whereas these passages that you're sharing are saying, no, mm-hmm. God is not the there there is an eternal god mm-hmm. who created at the beginning mm-hmm. but also continues to maintain contact with humanity mm-hmm. so theistic evolution really portrays a god who cannot intervene in my affairs yeah okay so it creates right right from the beginning a distance between god and myself yeah yeah and yeah. that's a, a, one of the biggest problems yeah. I see with theistic evolution. Okay, now look, that that's actually really, uh, really so important. This distance that mm. you speak of between God, uh, mm. the God of the Bible, and the the understanding people have in their mind. Uh, some some mm. time ago, you know, Ricardo, I actually uh, had the privilege of of going to what's called an apologetics conference. It wasn't put on by my particular church. It was put on by another church. And apologetics, of course, is the defense of the Christian faith, looking at those big questions mm-hmm. of the Christian Christian faith. It's uh, it deals with issues like uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know. A Virgin birth is that you know is that a reasonable proposition? It answers the very big questions. I went along to to this particular um, conference, and um, when the, uh, uh, the the speaker first stood up to to speak, I was so impressed with him. He was actually talking about the the subject of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was saying how you know how much evidence how much proof there is for the resurrection of Jesus Christ and I'm I have to admit I was sitting in my seat saying amen amen preach on brother this is good material and <laughs> I was taking taking notes it was quality 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 uh, then uh, uh, the next uh, the next session uh, came uh, came up and uh, the subject that he he spoke about was creation and basically what he presented was uh, this this particular view and the view of course here is that God uh, God did create but he did it through the process of evolution now mm-hmm. I actually went uh, went up to him because I, I have to admit I was really confused mm-hmm. um, and I, I went up to him during the during the drinks blight break when you know you can ask mm-hmm. questions of the of the lecturer and uh, I, I shared I shared with him and I I said to him I said look tell me something do you believe you really believe in the resurrection the supernatural resurrection of Jesus Christ that a dead man can come back to life again he said yes most definitely he said, "That's that's very clear in Scripture," and uh, then uh, then I said to him, "Well, tell me something. Uh, do you believe in something like the uh, res- uh, the virgin birth?" Uh, and he said, well, "Yes, I do actually." Uh, and there are many out there that don't. And I was thankful that he said he he did. Uh, the virgin birth. Yes, I do believe. And I said, you mean to tell me that you do believe that um, a, a woman can have a baby without a man being involved? And he said, yes, of course, that's mm. standard Christian teaching. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, well, I looked. So the supernatural, you're, you're fine with dealing with the supernatural? Uh, yeah, no problem at all. 
And uh, then, then I said to him, well, I don't, to me, there's a huge disconnect in my mind because if, in fact, you're accepting a God that, uh, you know, can raise the dead to life, uh, who mm-hmm. can, um, can cause Mary to have a baby without a man being involved, uh, and if, in fact, uh, you believe in miracles, what's the problem mm-hmm. with believing that the Earth mm-hmm. actually was created by an infinite God uh, just a, a short time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I said to me, there's an incredible disconnect, yes. you know, in, in in this entire uh, in this what you're actually presenting today. He actually didn't see the disconnect as I did, mm-hmm. and in the end, we just simply had to agree to to disagree on that <laughs> particular subject. But to me, that disconnect still stands in my mind. That experience really does uh, impact me uh, in a way that I think probably nothing else uh, certainly can. But look, I'm t- I'm stealing all your thunder, uh, Ricardo. Um, uh, let's go back again. Um, so, uh, you know. What are the issues? What other issues are there there that you that that you might might share? It's interesting what you mentioned, Gary, because um, these people believe in the resurrection of Jesus in his supernatural birth, because the Bible says so. But the Bible says that he created in six days. Exactly. As well. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Make you you can't sense. act. To me, uh, if you're going to be a Bible believing Christian, you mm. can't hang on to the virgin birth, exactly. the resurrection. Miracles, perfectly, mm. uh, 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 predictive prophecy, all of these aspects of, uh, of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. coming again and also accept that, uh, God had to, uh, had to somehow create humanity, uh, through evolutionary belief. It's not pick and choose. We have to believe. Yeah. In the whole scripture. Yeah. 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 Now, so when you, when you go to the book of Genesis, in, in Genesis, um, to seven, it says that God formed Adam. Mm. Formed. That's the Hebrew verb yatsar, mm-hmm. which actually means to give shape with your hands. It's the same verb, Hebrew verb used in Isaiah to describe the potter making or giving shape to a new vessel. Mm-hmm. So, right from the beginning, the Bible is telling us that God is a God who wants to intervene, who is interested in. In, our, in us. Yeah. When he came to the creation of human beings, Genesis actually says that God went into slow motion. Instead of speaking things into existence, he could have said, right, uh, let there be Adam, let there be Eve. But no, he stops, he, he goes into slow motion and, and he wants to use his own hands to give shape mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. So we have a God who wants to intervene. It's not a God who created matter and then he left. So theistic evolution says that Genesis is really a metaphor to describe the process of evolution after God created mm, matter. That's how okay. they evolved God. Okay. Yep. So it basically tries to eradicate the belief that Genesis chapters 1 through to 11 are a literal account. Yeah. So yeah. for them, Adam and Eve were symbolic. Yeah. Now, recently some others are saying, some people who defend um, theistic evolution are saying that Adam and Eve were not the first human beings, but they were just Neolithic farmers among about 10 million other human beings on Earth at that wow. time. So they're yeah. coming up with different versions. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So Adam was not specifically formed by God, as it clearly says in Genesis yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah, But he had two human parents. Same with Eve. She was not made out of a rib 
coming from Adam's side, mm-hmm. as Genesis 2.22 says very clearly. Yeah. But she also had two human parents. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the Bible says exactly the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we cannot. In other words, what you've got here uh-huh. is that at this point, you actually have to reinterpret the word of God yeah. in some way. The very moment that you move to uh, to the understanding of theistic evolution that God somehow created through evolution, you have to reinterpret the word of God. And my, myself, uh, once you start moving in that particular direction, then it actually opens up anything else in the word of God mm-hmm. to be interpreted. And, you know, what exactly uh, do I leave in and what do I take out? Mm-hmm. Do you know, to me, one of the very beautiful things is one of the, the principles to me of biblical interpretation mm-hmm. is that I take things as they read um, unless there is a very good reason mm-hmm. for not taking them. And, for example, you might have a parable. Yes. Uh, if it's a parable, obvious. Uh, it's obvious. It's not intended to be taken in a literal, a literal manner. But one of the <coughs> rules of biblical interpretation, take the scriptures just as they read, exactly. unless there is a very good reason for not taking them as they read. But keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm taking your, your no, role here, Ricardo. Good, uh, good comments. Good yep. comments. So, um, in fact, the Bible confirms the literal interpretation of Genesis. Yeah. Genesis is not... Uh, a fairy tale. Uh, when we go to Luke chapter 3, verses 23 to 38, we find the genealogy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So verse 23 starts by describing how Jesus was the son of Joseph, and Joseph was the son of Heli, or Heli, I can't I know how to pronounce that name, but Heli. And when you go to verse 38, it continues with Enosh, son of Seth, son of Adam, and then it says son, son of, of God. God. Yeah. So if we were to believe that Adam and Eve were symbolic or a metaphor, then Jesus is also symbolic. It wasn't actually believed by the early apostles, was it? Because you're quoting there, I think, from Matthew, Matthew's gospel. Matthew didn't actually believe uh, what, uh, what many would present today. Yes. Yeah. And not just the Gospels. You have First Chronicles chapter 1 describing Adam, mm. uh, all the descendants up until Abraham. Yeah. So if, if Adam was not a real character, then Abraham would not be a real character. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. falls out. Uh, Jesus used in his teachings the book of Genesis, and he quoted Genesis as being literal. Yeah. In Matthew 19. 3 to 5, for example, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read? Huh? He's <laughs> quoting the Bible as, as a source of Have you of not authority. read? And the, quote that, and the quote that he comes from, which book? Ah, Genesis. Genesis. Now, this is interesting because a lot of people say that Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are not compatible. They, they come from different sources, they yeah. say. Yeah. But here, Jesus is combining... He's quoting from Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 at the same time. Yeah. Because he says, have you not read um, that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? That's Genesis 1. Mm. Mm. And then he adds, and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. That's Genesis 2. Yeah. yeah. He joins them and he Marriage is established in the book yes. of Genesis and quoted by Jesus. Right. Yeah. And he quotes them as, as being something literal. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. The same Jesus. 
Then we come to Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter of the Hall of Fame. Mm. Uh, sorry, the, the faith in this case. Mm. And um, you have characters such as Abel and Noah mm. from Genesis. They're not, they're not symbolic. These are true characters used as an example. Yeah, Real characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And besides, modern genetics provides evidence that all human beings can actually descend from just one man and one woman. I found that really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and when you actually get into that, you, you realize how significant some of these discoveries actually are today. And yet the thing that jumps out at me is how little publicity any of them receive. You know, I had a, a another conference. I'm one of those people who appreciates being able to go to conferences from, you know, people that have put on conferences from many different denominations because I, I just find and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to get a, a big picture uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember going to the um, um, Creation Ministries International Conference when uh, they were certainly presenting just before COVID uh, up in the uh, up on the Sunshine Coast and, and there for uh, four or five days. It was, it was like a big, a, big, a big camp meeting. Really enjoyed, really appreciated my time. So much wonderful material that was presented. And yet the thing that really jumped out at me uh, was that these PhD level scientists are presenting uh, what uh, they understood about the mm. Word of God and the truth of the reality of, mm. you know, some of them have uh, are taught at a tertiary level, uh, but uh, you'll never hear it uh, through the, mm. uh, through the, uh, uh, through the secular media because yes. it actually uh, undermines the current uh, the current system uh, the evidence you know people say to me ah but there's not the evidence there is there is you know to me I just look at this and I you know I can't you know I, I've actually I picked up a book a little while ago uh, dealing with uh, uh, it was actually a, an evolutionist a scientist uh, he was struggling with his own theories and he was mm. uh, pointing out some of the uh, flaws as he saw them once again the book's only ever been published mm-hmm. once uh, it's never been re, re, republished <laughs> no you know he says he said but you know the the flaws are there you know it's so important mm-hmm. that we understand what the both the strengths and the weaknesses yes. uh, are of uh, uh, of any system mm. but look let's come to a little bit of um, a little bit of music uh, and then we'll uh, we'll come back to this subject again really appreciate what you're actually saying to us uh, let's come to uh, Jeff Bullock uh, and uh, this is uh, the song Song, uh, great Southland. Uh, please uh, enjoy uh, this uh, this beautiful, uh, beautiful song. This is your nation. This is your land. This common future. This shared hope. Land of this land of harvest, this is your land, this is a home. This is a great Southland of the Holy Spirit, land of red dust plains and summer rains. And in this sunburned land, we have seen His love to this great Southland. Spirits come. This is your nation. This is your land. This land of plenty. This land of hope. 
Jeff uh, Bullock, uh, the great uh, Southland. What a beautiful song that is. I will remember some years ago having the privilege to sit in a fairly intimate in- environment with uh, Jeff Bullock just at the piano, uh, sharing his uh, his compositions, and uh, that was a powerful uh, evening uh, and uh, felt richly blessed by God. Uh, really do appreciate that uh, that particular song. Now, look, guys, our giveaway book for today. This is really something that I, I would encourage you uh, to please take up uh, and please request, if not for yourself, some for somebody in your family, uh, maybe a young person, maybe a university student, maybe somebody who is uh, who you are close to. The book's entitled Genesis and Science, Where is the Evidence Going? Uh, this is a real little beauty. What it does is it looks at the available evidence uh, and it notes how the evidence is increasingly uh, pointing towards a master designer being involved in this whole process of human origins, evidence and uh, genesis and science. Where is the evidence going? Now, look, if you would like this book, uh, please, our text number again is 04888 And all you need to do is to use the code. Now, uh, someone has actually uh, sent in a, a request, but they've used the wrong code. Uh, and uh, our robot, he's a dumb robot. He doesn't understand what to do. So, look, if uh, if you haven't put in the code SA108, uh, please uh, just resubmit again uh, that uh, that number, 04888 uh, and uh, use that code SA108. No gap between the SA and the 108 and uh, that'll go directly to our robot he'll ask you a few uh, a few questions and uh, then uh, um, and then we'll be able to get this book to you in the fastest uh, way way possible Genesis and science where is the evidence going 04888 and the code is SA108 you'll love that uh, that particular book uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today my co-host is Pastor Ricardo Schaefer and uh, Ricardo pastors the Prospect and the Elizabeth uh, Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide and this week we're following the theme the Bible, the Church and creation in a post-biblical era and today we're asking could God have created the world by using evolution? Ricardo, I really appreciate the things that you've actually shared to this point in time. Are there any other implications for biblical theology from accepting a view that God was involved in evolution. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, and because theistic evolution is becoming more popular, there is this pressure among pastors, Christian pastors, uh, exactly, to, to accept it. Yes, indeed. Uh, a lot of them are saying nowadays, oh, we should embrace theistic evolution lest we lose credibility mm. in the secular mm. world as well. For example, Joel Houston from Hilson Church, he said, Evolution is undeniable. God mm. created the Big Bang. Wow. But as far as I know, um, explosions only create chaos. Yes. Never yes. create yes. order and the things that we see in creation these yes. days. Even atheist Richard Dawkins recognizes that Genesis is meant to be understood as a literal story. When he said sarcastically, 
Um, so, do you, do you believe that Jesus had himself tortured and executed for a symbolic sin committed by non-existent individuals? Mm. <laughs> Actually, th- this statement by mm. by Richard Dawkins is an incredibly powerful one it because is. he is actually an an individual who has for years um, argued against Christianity, mm-hmm. and uh, he certainly um, has pointed out to many Christian people the thoroughly inconsistent position that you hold if you believe yes. God is involved in evolution. His point is that you can either be a uh, a creationist. As the mm. Bible uh, points out, uh, that God created a short time ago in a mm. in one week period, uh, or uh, you can be an evolutionist, an atheistic evolutionist, because you're being uh, mm. you're being totally consistent yes. to your worldview. But he said this the- theistic evolutionary mm. position is being inconsistent to mm. your own position. Exactly. And to me, I think that's incredibly powerful yeah, coming least, from that man. I think we can agree with him in that specific on that one yes indeed indeed (laughs) indeed so let's have a look at genesis genesis chapter one says that god created everything in six days literal days how do we know that well simply because after each day god says and there was evening and morning singular Mm. not just evenings and mornings as as if they were lots of days Mm. no evening and morning day number one Evening yeah. and morning, day number two. two yeah. So we're, we know that he's talking about literal 24-hour days. And then when we go to, Gen, uh, to Exodus 20, we find the Ten Commandments. Mm. The fourth commandment, which talks about the Sabbath, says that for in six days God created the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And then he commands us to rest on the Sabbath. So if each day of creation is meant to be long periods of time, how do we explain the Sabbath, the seventh day, which is a 24-hour period? In Exodus chapter 20. Yes. It, God would be contradicting himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, also, one thing that I found interesting, when you go through the account of creation in Genesis 1, day number three, God creates vegetation. Mm-hmm. Day number four, he creates the sun. Mm-hmm. And we all know that vegetation cannot survive without sunlight. So if we were talking about thousands and millions of years for each of these days, then all that vegetation that God created on day three would have died long by the before time the sun indeed. comes into existence. Also, Genesis one twenty six. this is an interesting one. God clearly says, let us make man in our image after our likeness, mm. not after the likeness of a monkey or after the likeness of a you know, microorganism. Yeah. After our likeness, and that's how man and woman came out of the hands of the Creator. Um, another thing, there's so many evidences here. Each time God created something, He said that it was good. Yeah. Right. On the other hand, evolution teaches that things were not good at the beginning. Evolution starts from not good to. Better. Well, to me, the thing that interests me on this one is mm. that. Um, under an evolutionary worldview, mm-hmm. God actually becomes, if God has a hand in creation, God actually becomes a God of suffering. Exactly. Because over eons and eons and eons of time, what you've done is created yes. a God who is comfortable and happy to have his creatures suffer. Yes. We're in the word of God. There's natural none of that. selection. That's natural yeah. selection. <laughs> you know, how yeah. can a, a Christian church 
mm-hmm. adopt a view that says that, that our God of heaven is so mm-hmm. contrary to scripture that he accepts eons of suffering by his creatures mm-hmm. and that death is some sort of a natural thing. Yeah, this issue of death to me, you know, I mean, what, what does scripture, what does it say about, it, about death? It contradicts the Bible itself because in 1 Corinthians 15, we're told that the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. That's an enemy. Death is an death. enemy in the word of God. But theistic evolution or evolution itself teaches that uh, first you, God created uh, matter as, as theistic evolution teaches. And then through the process of continuous death, uh, eventually we came into existence. So that means that death existed before human beings and therefore before sin. In fact, death mm-hmm. under under the uh, uh, the uh, theistic evolutionary position yes. is actually a natural occurrence. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I look at the book of Romans, it's very, you know, the wages of sin Concepts. is what? Death. Is yes. death. The reason that... People die, according to the word of God, is because of this thing called sin, mm-hmm. uh, not because uh, of, uh, uh, you know, not because it's a natural part of the mm-hmm. human cycle of life. And yet evolutionary yes. belief yes, yes, makes yes. sin, uh, makes death just a normal part mm-hmm. of the, uh, of the uh, uh, life cycle, whereas Scripture turns around and says, well, actually it's not. Yes. Uh, the, Death uh, is the result of sin. Is not, the result of sin. the opposite. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that's, that's a big problem because if death has nothing to do with sin, then why do we need a savior to save us from death after all? Of course. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just build up on that one because I think mm-hmm. that one's really, really key. What you've actually done uh, in the theistic evolutionary position mm-hmm. that many Christian churches have adopted mm-hmm. is you have actually done away with sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done away with death as the result of sin. Mm-hmm. And now you've done away with Jesus. Why do we need Jesus? Why do you need Jesus? His sacrifice, his resurrection is not needed anymore. Wow. Yeah. This, is, this is huge. Mm-hmm. This is, is huge. It is. You know, yeah. you know, this is really, you know, I, I'm starting to understand why it is mm. that, uh, you know, Dawkins says, you know, you can either be a biblical creationist mm-hmm. or you can be an exactly. atheistic evolutionist, but you can't carry mm. uh, and be credible this halfway house. Yes, even he could see the foolishness of trying to marry those two concepts, yeah, yeah, yeah. creation in the Bible and uh, evolution. Um, for example, N.T. Wright, a British theologian who advocates for theistic evolution, he said this, The belief that Jesus sacrificed himself on behalf of fallen human race, which is substitutionary yes. sacrifice, is a pagan concept where sacrifices were offered to appease the rage of a pagan deity. So he's against the concept of Jesus dying for our sins. The gospel, he said, is not an account of how people get saved. See the conclusion that he arrives because of because he's come to this foundation, yeah, yeah. But in, on the opposite side, the First Corinthians fifteen one to two says, "Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and which you stand, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved." Mm-hmm. So it has a lot to do with our salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more to say, but um, it sounds 
this theistic evolution teaching sounds like the teachings of Pelagius as well, a Roman British theologian who lived during the third and fourth uh, century AD. He said that men are born morally neutral. In other words, not tampered with sin. Not, not good or bad. Nothing to do with Just sin. simply, you know, yeah. uninfluenced. With an equal capacity for either good or evil. Yeah. So, yeah. in other words, if you are highly talented, if you happen, if you happen to be highly talented, you may not need grace at all. And therefore, mm. the death and resurrection of Jesus would not be necessary for you. Yeah. In other words, sounds like that. Theory. If you actually accept this uh, this belief that uh, what we what we have here that uh, uh, you know that God has created the world through the process, if you accept that, you've actually mm. done away with the Christian explanation for death. Yes. You've created a God who is prepared to allow suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, done away with uh, sin because uh, you know death comes according mm-hmm. to Christian understanding as a result of sin, yes. whereas now it's become a natural part of the process. And God becomes a distant God as well. And God becomes a distant mm-hmm. God. You know, I mean, what this has done, mm-hmm. accepting this one belief, has thrown out virtually every sig- signal um, a Christian belief mm-hmm. that is presented in the Word of God. Mm. And no wonder the last message to be given to the world, according to Revelation 14, verse uh, 6 and 7, is to worship the Creator. It says, worship Him who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. That's a powerful passage. Well, in fact, we will finish with at that particular passage because mm-hmm. I think what you've said there, uh, you know, there is in Scripture, I think it's Revelation chapter 14 that you've got there? Yes, Revelation yeah, 14, yeah, yeah, and six and seven. Six and seven, and mm-hmm. this is such a powerful passage because you've got an an angel, and this is just before Jesus comes a second time. You've got him coming to preach the everlasting gospel, but the things that he says is fear God and the Creator mm-hmm. of heaven and earth, and mm-hmm. it's that it's that presentation uh, that I think is just you know, how was it that John knew that just before Christ came again, mm-hmm. there was going to be needed a message yes. that brought people back to their understanding of That's why it's emphasized. Yeah, look, mm-hmm. that, that's powerful. Look, we do need to actually finish it at that particular point. I really appreciate what it is that you, you've shared there. I'm just wondering if we can pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, I just want to come to you now. I want to say thank you for being the creator God. Uh, Lord, I want to say thank you for the abundant evidence that you have provided. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for uh, calling us sons and daughters. Thank you for calling us, for giving us Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, thank you that the Gospel of John declares him to be the creator, one who cares intimately for us. Uh, Lord, I just pray for anybody who might be struggling on this matter right now. I pray that you might touch them with your Holy Spirit. May they become very conscious uh, that indeed uh, your word does preach, does share something that challenges the very foundation of the society in which we live today. Uh, Lord, I just ask, pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Ricardo Schaefer on a Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow.
when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Hannon are going to be joining us, uh, they're going to be asking, what do the gospel say about biblical creation? And, you know, this is a powerful presentation. And did you know the scriptures say so much about biblical creation? Really look forward uh, to your being with us. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.